produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced, even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. I'm suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid trio. Kylan, Eric, and myself, Mike. How you guys doing? Ah, I'm good. No, locked up in no the above ground underwater suborbital volcano layer. But you know what else is new? House arrest stinks. I've said it. I'll say it again. Uh, yeah, I agree. It freaking. Sh- I can't say it. Um, <laughs> it's freaking Shinola. That's what it is. It's exactly what it's it is. Exactly what it is. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're a family show. I don't know, yeah. And if we get too carried away, we we don't need uh, Thursday to do anything to us because, well, you know, she can be. Um, I think very- the word is sassy. Thank you for pressing the self-destruct button. Have a nice day. Uh, no one's near the self-destruct button today. Nope. Nope. Nobody's near it. <laughs> We locked that room on purpose on Thursdays, Thursday. <laughs> so what do you think about that? I'm not a schwaffle. Never said you were. Anyway, check out the homepage, MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Hey, I got it right this week without going somewhere else. <laughs> Something's wrong. Um, check out our affiliates on the right-hand side of the page. Um, support them, supports us. If you go to, like, Heroes and Villains, use the code FIELDAGENTS, all one word. You get uh, 15% off your first purchase. Uh, I will have up, by the time this airs as a podcast, a link to Biddy Boomers, our partners over there. Use the code WeBeGeeks for 15% off your first, not your, okay, your first purchase, your second purchase, your 10th purchase, your 25th purchase. (laughs) It just keeps giving and giving and giving. Your mic is muted there, Eric. Well, that's all right. I'm blaming you. Okay. Um, So my big question, though, is uh how many times have you walked around the house going, okay, BD Boomer? None. But (laughs) I have been working. You remember uh, back in 2017 when you came to the house, Eric, where you had that big, uh, like, karyo shelf unit up on the wall? You didn't let me in the house, dude. I thought I did. I let you in. Didn't I? 
Or did I always make okay. it outside? The last day. Yeah. Most of the time you just met us outside, but I th- no, I think there was one time. Yeah. Okay, go. Yeah. So we pulled that down a couple of years, uh, two years ago to when we repainted the interior and exterior of the house. When we yeah. repainted some of the rooms. Well, I finally got around to stripping it and restaining it. <laughs> Uh-huh. So I've had my bitty boomers out in the garage with me while listening to podcasts. Well, like, there you go. I've been catching up on a little uh, show called Geek Watch One. Yeah. yeah. And I've also been getting caught up on uh, Derek's show, um, Keepers of the Fringe. So yeah. so I've had Thor and Iron Man out there with me to listen to podcasts. Oh, <laughs> so um, also to check out our web store where you get some great merch. Uh, especially our war balloon hats. And we got some great t-shirts and sweatshirts and baseball and hockey jerseys, which even though everything's suspended, it's still hockey season. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie there. Yeah. You know what? I have yeah. been, I have been making up for the lack of actual sports. And, and I got to say this, y'all, I, uh, for those of you who don't know, I live with and help take care of my 88 year old grandmother. I am, I am one of her caretakers. And the other day I just happened to wander into the kitchen And they were replaying a Braves game. And my grandmother, bless her heart, she absolutely loves her Braves. Okay. She didn't realize this was a replay. (laughs) And so she is like getting into it. She's talking to the screen. She's, you know, she's basically doing everything that you would do at a ballpark if you're 88 years old. Mm -hmm. And I just did not have the heart to tell her that's not really going on. No, no, no. Uh, It's just kind of like, it's just kind of like, Mama, I'm going to let you enjoy that moment because the Braves won. I think I think it was the Marlins they were playing. Yeah, it was the Marlins. Marlins. Uh, Me though, I've been dealing with the lack of no sports by playing Blood Bowl. Uh, for and for those of you who don't know, this has absolutely zilch to do with Marvel. But hey, when has that ever stopped us? It, <laughs> it's, uh, it started off as a tabletop strategy game from uh, Games Workshop, the folks behind uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand. Yep. And we're playing the tabletop and, version. Yeah, and then they went to computer, ver- you know, computer games and console games. And uh, basically, if you've never heard of this game, it is like Lord of the Rings meets the NFL. <laughs> yep. There are dwarf teams, elf teams, uh, Skaven teams, Norse teams, Amazon teams, yep. halfling teams. The 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 worst I've ever been scored on was by a halfling team where I kick off to them. One halfling catches it, runs up to his buddy, hands the ball off. And int, they call them tree men in the game, but they're ints like Treebeard. Uh, Treebeard reaches down, picks up halfling number two and throws him over all my players. Halfling lands on his feet, strolls into the end zone. This was all in one term. Oh, and completely rules legal. That's hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, well, well. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I mean, it's, it's so where you are you playing it? See, halflings. Is, I'm playing half- it on. Uh, I'm playing on PlayStation. Halflings is where it's the only time that the quarterback's actually an eighth back and the halfback is a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> it's they're hobbits, okay? <laughs> the Shire has a football team. Well, well. 
One does not simply walk into Mordor, but if you play like that, one can simply walk into the end zone. <laughs> See, I, I wish there could be like an entire team of monks. That would be fun. But no, you know, I think that'd probably be unfair, you know, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see that. Yeah. Anyway, getting back Any- on track. Um, <laughs> if we gotta. So here, here's the fun one. We're all stuck at home mm-hmm. to some extent. Um, Marvel and director James Gunn has uh, added some new tunes for our Zune. Wait, tunes are still around outside of Peter's. <laughs> oh, if you can find one. <laughs> you know, you're going to make me look. There is a 128 gig red used Microsoft Zoom for $191 on eBay. You know, I just found a refurbished uh, 16 gig Zoom for 119 on Etsy. Uh, 30 gig Zoom. Twenty three bucks, twenty three fifty. Oh, I'm about to blow your minds. And this features, and this is a price drop. Okay, it is a 120 gig black Zune. It was two thousand four hundred seventy five dollars. Now nineteen ninety five. Eight hundred twenty five dollars. But then they have a red version that was $2,999.97, but it's now the affordable price of $999.99. Marked down from 1000 Well, yes. I can get a red one on eBay for $190. Oh, my God. I, I can't Which, even. Okay, so now with those prices, it makes me wonder just how much Yondu paid for his. True. Yondu stole it. He's a, he's a reaver, right? They they well, steal well, everything. Craglin was less than specific. I think he just said Captain found it, not Captain purchased it. Yeah. On the other hand, he didn't say he stole it either. Well, he could so, beat somebody up, and then then a person dropped it, and then he picked it up. Could just threaten him with the uh, the whistle arrow. He says, you know, see, I'd be okay with the Zoom thirty. It's a thirty gig. I mean, if I'm just putting some music and, and some podcasts on it. Yeah, but that I could get for under fifty bucks. You know, thirty gigs is not that. It's not that bad. I mean, we Mm-mm. we say that like it's uh, like it's nothing now, right? But but let's see. I've uh, <laughs> while we're talking, I'm also making through just trying to. Um, uh, it's like I told the guys before we started recording tonight. Uh, I am in the process of backing up my phone to get a new phone tomorrow because this one's just it's it's reached the end of its useful lifespan. And I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of music on my phone. Uh, As a matter of fact, I have one hundred and eighteen albums just in my music folder alone. And let's see. It's only 10 gig. That folder's only 10 gig. So you figure, you know, 120, you could have like over 350 albums on a 30 gig Zoom. Right. So that's, in music terms, that's not bad. No, no. Somewhere around here, I've I've got an iPod Classic with the scroll wheel and everything else, and it's an 80 gig. Yeah. I, I really I just don't know where it's at. My mm-hmm. desk is a mess. So <laughs> My clutter is organized. <laughs> I'm very disorganized. 
Um, so, anyway, get back. This is from Marvel.com, uh, from Rachel Page, who works over at Marvel.com. Um, looking to add tunes to your playlist? Well, Guardians of the Galaxy writer and director James Gunn's got you covered. One of the things we absolutely love is the music that they provide in the movies, mm-hmm. which even as underwhelming as Guardians 2 was, the soundtrack was amazing. These are soundtracks. I thought the movie was a little underwhelming. It wasn't as great as the first one. Well, I mean, to be fair, that's a tall order. That's a tall act to follow. That really is. I I will agree with you that one was better than two. Yeah. I don't know that I can agree with you using the word underwhelming. Yeah. Okay. And this is why we do a podcast or do a show. This is why we can't have nice things. No, we got nice things. Okay. So anyway, um, I know Zoe listens to Awesome Mix 1 and 2 and Cosmic Mix, which is from the animated series. She listens to those on repeat when she goes to bed. It's her nighttime music. And she has started adding some other songs to it, which I was surprised she added. I have added the song uh, Three Little Birds from Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. It's when I would do my overnight, when I had overnight duty when she was little and I was doing the feedings. Every now and then I would throw on Nick Jr. And the Moose and Z would have a little sing-along. And Three Little Birds was always on when I was doing my feedings. That's like mm-hmm. our song. Um and I like that song anyway. Well, she picked another Bob Marley song to put on her iPod to, to listen to. I'm like, oh, wow. Her tastes are growing. Very cool. Um, well, Gunn has released Meredith Quill's Completely Awesome Mix to Spotify. Nice. Wait a minute. I think I saw that. He said, you know, this is stuff that I have planned to use, so I can't guarantee that it won't show up. Yeah. Or something to that effect. Yeah. So this this may be a bit of like audio foreshadowing for volume three. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, why can't I log in? Because I used the wrong. So um, I have just added it to my library. Uh, clocking in at 64 songs. Oh, wow. This, this collection features the likes of Stevie Wonder, Hollow Notes, David Bowie, Elton, Elton John. There's something for everyone, and these songs are all for Meredith. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, I'm looking through this. Go ahead. So Twitter, he comes on Twitter and says, part of the master list of Meredith Quill's favorite songs I considered for the soundtracks of Guardian of the Galaxies Volume 1 and 2. I almost I won't use these in the future films, but we could use some joyness during our time in quarantine. So Kylan has pulled them up, pulled up the list. I have. Oh. I just added the list to my my uh, library on Spotify, and here we go. You make me feel like dancing. Good uh-huh. one. Cruel to be kind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three dog nights. Mama told me. Yes. And I have I have run spotlight for three dog night at the American Gardens Adventure, and when there they would know. do that song, it would somehow sounded like they were flanging because you would hear Mama told me not to not to come. And then you would just hear, like, it was either distorted or, or that flange where it sounds like it's been doubled up, but drifting. Yeah. Um, now that song is stuck in my head. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, 
Do You Want to Make Love by Peter McCann. She's Gone, All Notes. Stumbling, stumbling In uh, from Susie Quattro and Chris Norman. David Bowie's Suffragette City. Satellite of Love from Lou Reed. Every time I think of you, the babies, I'm going to love you just a little bit more. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love you just a little more, baby, from Barry White. Yeah, so, we could be here all night beating off I, this. I'm going to love you just a little more, baby. Uh, your daddy don't know about Elf, El Gudo, for once in my life. I'm Stevie. Uh, I just want to be your everything. Children of the Revolution from T-Rex. P.S. Hard Mug Woman from Kiss. Meredith like yourself some kiss. Yeah. I feel the earth move. Magic. New York groove from H. Freely. That's from the H. Freely album. When it was the four albums that made up the one kiss album where each one had their own solo. Did their own solo, if I remember right. Because yeah. on Gene Simmons, the last song he did on his is When You Wish Upon a Star. Kylan? Yes. Hit Mike upside the head. He's he's knocked down an octave. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, Heart of Glass by Blondie. Don't you worry yeah. about a thing. Still the same. Once bitten, twice shy. From Ian Hunt. I got Hunter. I got to listen to that one because I wonder just because when I see that title, my brain immediately went to Great White. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Lovely Day. Never been to Spain by Three Dog Night. That's a good one. Lonely Boy. That's a good one. Everybody plays the full. Uh, yeah. Oh, you pretty yeah. things from David Bowie. Yeah. Sky high, living thing from ELO. You know, at one point in time, I think this was when the Volume Two soundtrack came out. Gunn said, "If the Guardians ever had a house band, it would be ELO." Yeah, yeah. Um, Bad fingers, no matter what. Okay. Which I also love the Def Leppard Def Leppard co- cover of that on their yacht yeah. their yeah album. Uh, isn't it time? Spaceball Ricochet. That's a cool sounding song. Uh, Boogie in the Jungle. Jethro Tull. It's Bungle in the Jungle. Bungle you in culture jungle. swine. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, dude, Jethro Tull finally makes it to a compilation movie soundtrack, and yeah. you bung the name. I did. <laughs> Hey, so we're talking about we're talking about the same artist that was that won a Grammy for heavy metal. Yes, won the first first ever Grammy for heavy metal. Yeah, and it was it like that. It had a flute. They're not like heavy one metal. Song. It's a heavy and metal like, flute. I'm like that. That's not heavy. Well, they they have they have flute all the time in their stuff. Yeah. And they even admitted they they even came out and and said, "Dude, we're not heavy metal." Yeah, no, they're not. And then and then the next year, Metallica got the uh, got the Grammy, and part of their acceptance speech was like, "We'd like to thank Jethro Tull for not being nominated this year." Yeah, uh, love is the answer. My Maria, that's a good one. My Maria, sentimental yeah. lady, mm-hmm. perfect day, somebody to love by Queen, Renegade. And that's yeah. all fans out there. Yes. From Sticks. Is the hype that, up. Yes. Yes. Have you ever heard a song that wanted to kick your butt any worse than where where Dennis DeYoung just screams into the mic? Yeah. <laughs> that that's not a good song to drive to either because No, no, no it no. is not. Because mm-hmm. uh, unless, yeah. unless, unless you're in a demo derby. Maybe yes, yeah. yes. Or if you're in part of the Cannonball Run, this is true too. Oh, oh yes. Uh, Fifty ways to leave your lover. 
good uh, one. Yes. Just what I needed. Couldn't get it right. So it good, goes. Good. Wichita lineman. Cotton I, a, I'm still I'm scratching my head over that one. Cotton a dream, Alice Cooper. Yeah. 20th century boy. She loved loved a lot of T-Rex, apparently. I was just noticing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magnet and Steel. Yes. Because the night. Yeah. Uh, never been any reason. Okay. Hot mm-hmm. child in the city. Nice. Yes. Uh, this must have been when she was with Ego, back of a car. Yeah. <laughs> Jet from Wings. <laughs> Metal Guru. Again, T-Rex. Um, <laughs> Moonlight Feels Right. Yes. Lights. I was a kid. Yes. I love this song. I love this song when I was a kid. Yes. Lights yes. from Journey. Yes. Okay. Love good. is like oxygen. Sir Duke. Allison. Yes. Sir Alton. Duke. Yes. 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 Dream Police. Yes. Only if it comes with, uh, what's his name from Fast Times at Ridgemont High? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, who, um, the American Pie crew, did some spinoff movies, and one of them is called Book of Love. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Eugene Levy and uh, some of the guys from uh, Richard Greco and the guy who, who's the scalper from um, Fast Times mm-hmm. are all make cameos in this as if they had added to the book of Lo- book of love and all have potentially gone to that high school. It was intriguing. It, it, it was fun watching those cameos. <laughs> um, somebody, someone saved my life tonight with Elton John, mm-hmm. uh, rock me gently, instant karma. And even the losers from Tom Petty and the heartbreakers. If only instant karma wasn't on there. That's the only. That's the only one that I that I really would not want on that list. And that's just for two words: Yoko Ono. She is the scrappy yeah. do of the music world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think there's one song missing from the list that should have been on there. Okay. As much as I love Pink Floyd and The Police, and most of these songs are slightly before that. Yeah, uh, I still think Rush's uh, Tom Sawyer. That yeah, I'll been give right, you that. I, Tom Sawyer would have been right on the tail end of most of this list. Yeah, I don't know that By Tour and the Snow Dog would be inappropriate on this list. Uh-uh. I mean, you had was it Teenage Moonbeam or whatever the Bowie song was on the first one? Yeah, right. I, I think I think By Tour and Snow Dog would go pretty well. Something from Zappa would have been fine. Yeah. I'm surprised there's not a Floyd song on here, too. I'm thinking clearly James Gunn was not a uh, Floyd was fan. not a Floyd. Fan. Yeah, it's not a Floydian. Nope. Because learning to fly would be pretty good off that list. Oh, yes. Yeah, but learning to fly is too late. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Learning yeah, to fly was 90s, right. but uh, early, early 90s. Yeah. But Astro Domini. Yeah, I can see that. Or or bike. Why is there not any dead on here? Exactly. Sugar Magnolia would have been a great song for on here. Yeah. Uh, Casey Jones James would Gunn, be great. if you're listening. Yes, Casey Jones. Some who would be good in this? Eminent Front. We'll love Bob O'Reilly. Yeah. Teenage Wasteland. Who are you? Who are you? Yeah. 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 So um, Deep Purple would have been fun, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see, yeah, I could see that. So anyway, so that's the list. It's pretty impressive. 
It is pretty good. I, I, yeah, I may have to. Uh, I may actually have to set up a Spotify account just so I can listen to all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. Hey, you know which one I'm going to listen to first? Moonlight feels right. Yeah, <laughs> just because I have not heard that song in for freaking ever. See, I would. I would love to. I just wish I could afford this because right now I can't. Mm-hmm. Right. But once I'm back to work again, I just may. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. So, um, also from Marvel.com. Wow, that took up a quite a bit of time. That was a good conversation there. <laughs> <laughs> and most of it was you listing off the song names. Yeah, but we still had great conversation about those song names. Yes, and hopefully, did. And hopefully we'll have some great conversation about this. Yelena Belova and Red Guardian arrive in Marvel Future Fight, which I think is funny. Even though the movie's been pushed back, all the promotions... Mm-hmm. For like the toys and everything else are coming out now. Yeah, yeah, I I got a notice about uh, a line of um of athletic wear tied that that's a uh, tied to yeah. Black that's coming out starting tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, at, every time I see the MC version of Red Guardian, it makes me want to see this movie more. Yeah, and. He looks like he ought to be straight out of Skyrim. He really does. I would True. I would love to see a spinoff film with the characters minus Widow. You know, just maybe one to set up, you know, for them to set up being in a, a team up movie. And with them, I don't think they could I don't think they there'd be enough interest to do more than one, but I would love to see a one off film with them. I, I don't I don't know that you would ever see it in the US. Is it the whole Cold just, War thing? Just because these are Russian superheroes. I don't see why. I, it's Marvel, well, though. It, it is Marvel, but I just don't think that you're going to get. Uh, you're just going to. You're going to get a a Russian centric super team. Team them up and with. That may have that may have tied in to why it took Black Widow to get so much so a movie for so long. Mm-hmm. Tie him in with Alpha Flight. Bring Alpha Flight in as well. That way you could use them for cameo characters in other films. Yeah, I mean, bring them into cameos. That's fine. Like, say, if there's the next Avengers movie, assuming there's going to be one. Right. Well, they have arrived in the game, and the potentials have unlocked for five characters, and Red Guardian has received an awakened skill. Additionally, uh, the stars of the update have received new looks with four new uniforms and deadly agent Black Widow can now reach tier three. I'm having problems getting my characters past tier one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is getting to the point. The game's starting to get a little too complicated. I don't understand it. Um, Red Guardian is a combat character with ability, strong agility, as skills that include National Allegiance, uh, the Red Shield, Guardian's Roar at Tier 2, and five active skills. Uh, Yelana is a speed character with the ability, agility agent, has skills that include perfect tactics, stealth technology, target removal at Tier 2, and five active skills. Along with these two new characters, Black Widow, Yelana, Red Guardian, and Taskmaster have brand new uniforms inspired by the movie, which is pretty cool as well. Um, 
But it gets even better. Uh, apparently, they have also introduced in this a future pass. It's a new system that lets players earn pass points by progressing through existing content during the season for rewards at each pass point. Um, it has also been added to the game. By purchasing a pass product, you can upgrade the future pass to get better rewards. Additionally, Yolanda, Red Guardian, Daredevil, Mockingbird, and Agent 13 have had their potentials unlocked and are able to reach level 70 after the April update. Black Widow will soon be able to reach level 70 and she will be able to awaken new abilities through a tier 3 upgrade. So that's Future Fight. And believe it or not, Future Fight celebrated its fourth anniversary with over 100 million players across the world. It is still available worldwide on the App Store and Google Play. I can't believe it's still out there. Mm Mm-hmm. I still have it on my phone. <laughs> I still log in like every day. So uh, next up from comicbook.com, and we also saw this on CBR.com, uh, Josh Trank's fan. Now, all these years, and there's treasure still to be found within Josh Trank's Fantastic Four movie, uh, even though it was a controversial film. It was the fantastic flop, as we know. Um, and it was... M- Mirrored in controversy, most of it unjustified, before a single shot of frame was done. Um, Ultimately, the movie crashed and burned before it even debuted in the theaters. Well, gee, we talked about that, and we called it pretty much right away. Um, Trank and his producers, uh, you know, because of onset scuffles and everything up between Trank and the producers resulting in a lot of reshoots and new footage, which resulted in a messy attempt at retaining movie rights, like the likes of which we haven't seen since, well, Roger Corman's Fantastic Four movie. Hey, we've had that cast on. (laughs) And hey, next week we're going to have Marty Langford and Mark Sykes, the guys behind Doomed, the untold story of Roger Corman's Fantastic Four on the show next week. That's going to be fun. So uh, I'll be curious to hear what they thought of our episode with the cast of Fantastic Four. Uh, concept art for the movie continues to come out that shows off how many of the ideas did not make it onto the screen. The latest of these is the concept art for the film's version of the Fantasticar. Unlike the one in the pages of Marvel Comics, this just seemingly seems like a regular car that didn't fly. Scenes included, including the Fantastic Car, were shot for the movie as the as the official B-roll from the film revealed. But the concept art offers the best look at what might have been. I will pause here for y'all's opinion on this car. If you want to call it that, I think I've seen better at the junkyard. Uh, it, mm, I. I I can't. I, I really can't. Like, you know, I, th- I think this guy, I'm like, do, do you even know what the Fantastic Car is all about? Because it's not a hoopty. Well, we got to remember, Doom was a social justice warrior. And I don't remember what the basis was for the rest of the guys. But uh, Eric, I'm looking at this and this looks like something out of a junkyard. We can't hear Eric. Eric's talking. I can't hear him. My bad. I'm sorry. I- No, you were saying? I was saying that, you know, I'm not so sure that this car could not fly because I am looking at the design of the car and I'm looking at the wheels and there's something weird in the wheels. Yeah. It looks like because 
as I recall, wasn't this Fantastic Four supposed to be like a lot lower budget? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As in, they didn't have a whole lot of resources. Yeah. Um, I can see where they would go down this path to where it's almost like it's a Millennium Falcon. It looks like a hunk of junk, mm-hmm. but it'll surprise you. Right. Uh, but I don't know if and, and I, I, can, I don't know if I will compliment this car by calling it the equivalent to Millennium Falcon or insult the Falcon for comparing no it to this did car. I say it was as good. I, at no point did I say it was equal to the Millennium Falcon. Only that they're trying to follow a similar idea. I agree with you, though. It's as disappointing as the rest of the movie. It's very much appropriate to the Trank movie. Yeah. I don't mean that as a compliment. And be okay, glad yeah. because of this film, we did not get the Boba Fett movie from Star Wars that he was supposed to do. Well, you know, we did get. I, OK, so I will say I do see jets in the tires. I do see that. You do see that. It's almost like they took the start technology from his car and put it in this one. From the first Captain America movie. Yeah. I don't know. I guess my my question is why why do you why do they hate us so? That's what that, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair question, right? Like. It, it, it wasn't enough that you guys decided that you wanted to just, you know, take take the Fantastic Four and just make it the worst movie ever. But then you want to put them in a hoopty. I, I, I don't know. I'm just oh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. In the comics, like Reed Richards, he, he they have money because. Reed is constantly inventing, and there's a ton. He has a ton of patents out there. That's how he's making his money, you know, and that's how he funds all his other stuff. And you would think if you're talking about one of the smartest people in the world, he would have been doing that from the start. You know, he wouldn't be. I don't know. I don't know. That's. I see this car and it, and it, it gives me issues. <laughs> I see the logic behind it. That doesn't make me like it. Right. Understanding and liking do not have to go hand in hand. No. Now, to continue on with the story. There's more? There's more. The Fantastic Four will get another chance at bat when Marvel Studios makes their own version of the characters, having reacquired the feature film rights following the acquisition by Fox. Uh, As we've talked about, Uh let's wait. Let's just bring Doom in first. Uh Um, Now... I'm extremely excited about those characters and bringing Marvel's first family up to the platform and the level they deserve, uh, Feige revealed last summer about the Fantastic Four. The announcement means that we have them back and we're looking for, and we are working towards it. Again, let's just leave it at Doom for now. Maybe introduce the Fantastic Four in a team-up film against Doom. If we have Doom, you know, but let let Doom terrorize the the group first, as if he's already been around, and let's get him in, maybe with Spider Man, or maybe with someone else that he would have been partnered up with. Well, so I uh, so there was something uh, where. There was some. There was a story from earlier in the week, and I don't know if there was any any weight to it or not, but uh, supposedly 
uh, John Krasinski did a reading with Marvel. And, you know, even on, uh, we, we've talked about when we've done our fan casting, we've talked about who are who we would like to see as Reed. Now, that's and that's not to say that John Krasinski, you know, that he if he did read with Marvel, that he's reading for Reed Richards. I'm not saying that. But on the other hand, I can't imagine another Marvel character that he could play. True. <sighs> that's yeah, that's true. I, I, I mean, if we're because if we're talking about the next phase, and we know that the next phase is definitely going to be more cosmic. Uh, and there's a possibility. What if Reed Richards shows up in the next Spider-Man movie? Yeah, which or, is possible. Or, or what if uh, he was like Galactus? Oh. Ooh, interesting. I mean, that's not, that's one where physicality is secondary. Right. Hmm. John, Tr- John Tr- Krasinski as Galactus. Hmm. That's a good casting. I can't argue with it. That I, 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 I can't argue with it. I, wow. Well, you said you couldn't think of him playing anybody other than Reed. Well, if they're going cosmic, then we get to expand the character list a little bit. We do. We do. Galactus. Or one of the elders of the universe. Oh. oh. A celestial, perhaps. Or, uh, gosh, what's the guy's name? Um... The captain of the Star Jammers. Corsair. Corsair. Cyclops' dad. There's another tie-in to an X-Men. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Okay, there's a, there's some options out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. Now, I think this next story may uh, bring up some nice conversation. <laughs> Com- comicbook.com, uh, Kofi Outlaw is the writer's name. Uh, he brings up why DC's next phase of films could be better than Marvel's. <laughs> Oh, man, you almost make my neck hurt. (laughs) I did have to check the date on this story to make sure it was not April 1st. Yeah, I did, too. So um, this is where it gets fun. No one could have predicted how 2020 would be in the movies, considering everything that's going on. Um, But DC and Marvel movie chiefs among them uh, all... Now, this pandemic has shattered all scheduling expectations. While now fans have to wait longer for films like Black Widow, Wonder Woman 1984, The Batman, and Thor Love and Thunder, this chaos has also presented a rare opportunity for DC, and they're still not going to be able to capitalize. Um, By the time fans are heading back into theaters, there will be something of a fresh start. Um, mm-hmm. feel to things. And at the moment, DC has the right ingredients to get ahead of Marvel in terms of both branding and profits with the upcoming slate of films. Chime in anytime you guys want to counter, I, counter this. Um, well, what was the date on the story? That's what I want to know. The date on the story? Yeah. Uh-huh. April 22nd. Uh-huh. After 420. I'm just saying, this guy was... I, I, look, this is what I'm going to say, and, and, we, and we say this all the time, the reason why Marvel, the Marvel movies do so well. No Zack Snyder. Well, there's there, there's that. But the characters are relatable. They are. That's, it's the reason why 
when that's the reason why you're in a quiet theater at the end of Infinity War and there's not a dry eye in the house. People don't people forget that you're talking about superheroes and they relate to the people. It's the reason why an entire theater shouted when Cap wielded Molnir. Because and and we're talking about people who have never touched a comic book. But when Cap wielded Molnir, it's because they have a connection to those characters because they can relate to them as people. They don't relate to them as two-dimensional superheroes. Until DC can figure that part out, they are not going to do better than Marvel. Their their next phase is going to be the same as the phase before that and the phase before that. Okay. That's say. I, I will say that this author has a, a legitimate point in saying that Marvel's, you know, the phase four is going to have a lot of new faces, new characters. Right. And you're not going to have Robert Downey Jr. You're not going to have Chris Evans. Those are two of the, I mean, it's almost like the New England Patriots without Tom Brady and Gronk. Mm-hmm. That, now, they're still very, very strong lineup. You still have a lot of returning faces for this. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give you four words. Guardians of the Galaxy. Every, Just about everybody, when you heard this was coming out, and myself included, were skeptical. Because nobody, pretty much nobody had heard these characters before. And nobody thought you could make a movie with a, with a talking tree and a raccoon with a machine gun. Yeah. And it not be like an animated Disney musical or something. But... But it worked. It it did. Guardians surprised everybody. And again, they they did it because Marvel Studios focuses on characters who just happen to be superheroes. Right. uh, To piggyback on Eric, I got another one for you. Ant-Man. Nobody cared about Ant-Man. I mean, think about it. Uh, Like, if you you weren't reading a comic, you didn't care about Ant-Man. I read comics, and I was like, "Eh, I don't know how I feel about it. It's Paul Rudd. I don't know. I walked out of there wanting to turn around go back and watch that movie again and here's another there's another reason nobody thought that ant-man was going to do any good do you remember the string of train wreck stories that was coming out of production yes yes Oh, yeah. But again, it worked. Mm -hmm. And it's a good thing that it had because if it hadn't, you wouldn't have had Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm -hmm. And you really would not have had him in Infinity War, Civil War, or Endgame. Right. No. Well, here here's Kofi's breakdown of why DC and Warner Brothers will end up winning this round mm, of this okay. next phase. Trusted brands versus newcomers. Oh, we just kind of proved with Guardians, even though they're not exactly newcomers, and Ant Man again, not exactly a newcomer, but not trusted brands either. That they still knocked out 
DC. Mm-hmm. So I think I think a lot of if he's saying DC are trusted brands, I think he's stretching just a little bit. Well, he he's saying for the first time since 2008, Marvel has the rare vulnerability of having to sell a whole slate of new character films with Shang-Chi, the Elementals or the Eternals. Um, Elementals is a totally different comic yeah, book company. Uh, the Eternals, a female Thor with Jane Foster, which, sorry, that did extremely well in the books. Um, Black Widow out on her own. Um, these are all potentially new big winners for Marvel, but they're not proven yet. Whereas DC has in the next couple of years, the Wonder Woman sequel, a new Batman movie, which he sparkles. Not saying, but saying, I can't. Um, this is Batman in his twilight. I, <laughs> Thank you. I'm home all week. Um, <laughs> a new version of Suicide Squad from one of Marvel's most beloved directors, um, being James Gunn. And as far as big event films, we're seeing DC is stacked nicely for next year or so. No, what? no. Oh, it's, look, the only reason why mm, no, Eric, you go because I'm about to. You, you go. Lose control. Find Jesus now. there. Yeah. Go, go, go. Find Jesus real quick. Yes, I, I, I think that I don't know if the writer is really just trying to be edgy or trying to set himself up as a uh, freaking genius. We should know. I, I think it is a stretch to say that it, we don't have big event movies like Avengers Infinity War set up. No, but honestly, to say these are new brands, Shang-Chi, yes, they're right. Kofi is right that Shang-Chi is going to be a, a new sell. I don't think that it's going to be a hard sell. No. no. Uh, Black Widow getting out on her own. This is probably the movie that just about every comic book fan has been waiting for for 10 years. Now, let's give DC credit. DC proved with Wonder Woman that, yes, a Black Widow film can happen. It happens safely. Mm-hmm. And Marvel proved it with Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. which is going to be in this next phase, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, 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 the, the, of all those, of all the DC movies, they're 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 coming up in the, in this next slate. Okay, Wonder Woman, yes, but. Wonder Woman, beca- Wonder Woman's uh, Wonder Woman eighty four is living off of the success of the first movie. I do hope that it does as well because I really I did enjoy Wonder Woman. It was refreshing to finally see a DC character on the screen that Definitely. was not Batman or Superman. My only, my only fear is with Wonder Woman 84 is mm-hmm. this film's being used as the film to relaunch the DC universe film-wise. Right, right. And that right. I think that's a lot of pressure put on that film, that particular film. Yeah. I think that movie is going to do well, mm-hmm. just if for no other reason, the fact that Wonder Woman did well, the first right. one. I mean, but, it, but for the rest of the DC cinematic universe or the DCEU, whatever they're calling it, to carry on from that, I think that's a lot. I think that well, film. I, I think that film's still going to be the strongest, and I don't think the others are going to hold up to it. I mean, if if Suicide Squad does well, it's only because it's James Gunn, and James Gunn 
knows okay. how to tell a good story. And he right? knows how to do a team story. That if if he's allowed to have the creative freedom that Marvel allows him to have. That that's a big if. Yeah. Okay. Let's let let's touch on that for a second. Mm-hmm. Why was the MCU so successful? Several reasons, but the one that I'm wanting to point out here is that Kevin Feige. There was a kind of, yeah, you sum it up in two words. Yes. But you had a high degree of coordination mm-hmm. amongst all the dress. They were, they had reins over their movies. Okay. Yeah. But Feige was the hub. Everybody, you know, it, it basically, it was the, it's all connected hashtag in the flesh. Mm-hmm. It was a cohesive, coherent, consistent cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. It was. Warner Brothers has not figured that out. No. Up to this point, they have not demonstrated the ability to to replicate that. Mm-mm. They they tried and it it it, it, it was a crash and burn uh, yeah. uh, of an epic level. So you know. So until that studio gets it, quote unquote, gets it, the DC cinematic universe is going to continue to be siloed. Each, you know, you will have good individual movies mm-hmm. on occasion. I don't think Batman's going to do that good and in the article they say, you know, you know if if Henry Cavill, you know, they get him back in a Superman outfit, all bets are off. And it's kind of like, no, not really because his Superman just stunk. Yeah. The vision for that Superman was not the Superman people fell in love with. No. I Overall, I think this author makes a few valid points, but kind of misses the big picture overall. Mm-hmm. It, DC could do better than Marvel in the next phase. Could. I could be the winner of the 1.5 million HGTV smart house that they just announced the, the, the sweepstakes for today. The odds are not zero, but I wouldn't bet those odds. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I, I I hear a lot of, okay, not full, I'm not going to say full on Marvel hate, but a lot of people are still, a lot of people are salty over the success of the MCU. Um, and so with, with this phase over, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of feeling like it's the beginning of, it's, a, it's the beginning of the season. You know, everybody has the same record. Everybody right now is zero and zero. So let's see. But you know what? It's sort of like, yeah, it's zero and zero, but the Patriots are still the Patriots. (laughs) I'm just saying. That's that's scary because that's exactly where my mind was going. You know, the the New England Patriots are still the New England Patriots. Leave the Tampa Bay Patriots alone. (laughs) You did not call them the Tampa Bay Patriots. Anyway, I mean, I, I'm just going to highlight uh, the <laughs> the the sub headlines for each one of his argument points. His next argument mm-hmm. point is competitive star power, then blockbuster visionaries, um, bigger franchise returns, uh, more variety, the Batman universe, bigger comebacks. And that's where we end it. And you can go find this again at comicbook.com. It's under their Marvel uh, fran- if you go to franchises to their drop down, click Marvel, you'll see it there. So, um, uh, 
this point in time, we've got our... Here are the picks of the week. Thank you, Thursday. Eric, why don't you start us off? Okay. Um, This was not my original choice for Marvel Limited pick this week because I really wanted to go with uh, Alpha Flight number one just for no good reason. But that had already been picked by somebody back in January 2017. So uh, still, whoever chose it then, hey, thanks. Appreciate it. (laughs) Even though it may have been me. (laughs) There's a one in three chance I'm I'm, I'm knocking myself for it. But uh, I found this one, which I think is a a really good replacement. And I'm going to have to read this. Uh, X-Men Fairy Tales number one from May 2006, written by C.B. Cebulski, cover artist Sana Takeda. In the tradition of the X-Men classic, Kitty's fairy tale, comes a series of new legends reimagining the greatest X-Men stories through folk tales, myths, and fables from across the globe. In the story of Momotaro the Peach Boy, an old Japanese woodcutter and his wife cut open a giant peach only to find a baby boy with a peach pit for an eye crying inside. The couple quickly learns that there is more than meets the eye as the baby shoots ruby red optic blasts when the pit is removed. Afraid of how the outside world would treat him, the peach boy is raised in seclusion until a mysterious monk comes along and shows the teenage peach boy that his is a gift to be proud of. Believing he is destined for greater things, the boy joins the monk in a journey to defeat the evil demons that have plagued his lands and captured a beautiful red-haired princess. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds a little fuzzy to me. Mm. I was surprised you didn't say fruity. Yeah, fuzzy. Okay. So, Just um, peachy. Yes. Yeah, is, this, is this hero from Georgia by chance? Um, no, but I hear they got really good fiddle players over there. <laughs> Uh, this just in, the devil has canceled his trip to Georgia. Uh, Kylan, how about you next? Okay, so mine is uh, Immortal Iron Fist, Orson Randall, and the Death Queen of California from 2008. Uh, the the writer is Dwayne Swierzynski. Uh, the uh, inker is Cam Smith and Giuseppe. Camunicoli, and we're just going to stop at that. Uh, The minute he saw the dame, Orson Randall knew he was in for a heap of hurt, all in. But he wouldn't be the hard-boiled hero he was if he didn't go sniffing after trouble. Hero? Randall stopped the laugh in his throat, drowned it in a slug of bourbon, Randall's no hero. 1920s Los Angeles just ain't the time or place for a guy like that. Ain't the time or place for the immortal Iron Fist. Orson Randall's just trying to figure the angle. And if he has to unload his 45s to do it, so much the better. Orson Randall's just in it for the skirt. Okay. Well, my pick of the week comes on the news from StarWars.com when the next canon book is going to be released as an audiobook as a drama like Dooku Jedi Lost or Lost Jedi Dr. Afra is getting her own book and as an audiobook fully dramatized with a full cast sweet I can't wait 
So I did not go back to her first appearance in Darth Vader, written by Karen Gillian. Instead, I went with Karen Gillian's first issue of Star Wars, Dr. Aphra, which was released December 7th, 2016. Because you demanded it, following the blockbuster finale of Darth Vader number 25, the fan favorite character begins a new journey in Star Wars, Dr. Aphra number one. The new ongoing series coming this December from superstar writer Karen Gillian and fan favorite artist Kev Walker comes Marvel's first ongoing series starring an original creator created in the comic or an original character created in the comics. Following her time in the clutches of Darth Vader, Dr. Aphra has barely escaped with her life. If he ever learns of her survival, he'll hunt her to the end of the ends of the galaxy. But for now, it's time for a return to what she does best. With droids, Triple Zero, and BT-1 in tow, she's off in search of rare artifacts from the galaxy, from the galactic center to the outer rim and everywhere in between. Aphra's got debts to pay after all. Just as long as she can stay one step ahead of the Empire, some bounty hunters, and just about everyone else in the galaxy. So that is my pick. Well, okie dokie. So, any final thoughts? I do have a final thought, and I'll keep it brief. Uh, This is a story that we were planning on covering this evening, but uh, Tom Payne from The Walking Dead says he would like to play Wolverine and be what he called a quote-unquote, height-appropriate Wolverine. That's a bold statement. That is a bold statement. I mean, because he is a short guy. I think he could do it, but he's a little on the skinny side for it. Yeah. He'd have to bulk up a good bit, and he really just, he looks too young to be Logan. But you let him grow his hair out, get those mutton chops, and, you know, maybe play with a little makeup there here and there. You might can do it. I just thought it was interesting because I thought a short guy Wolverine would be cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That was just my thought. Yeah. Any other final thoughts? Mm, No. Well, if there's nothing else, Friday, Friday, Thursday, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Yeah, make sure I have brain activity. No sign of unusual brain activity. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, just hit the tag. out of space, an alien. No. Well then, son, you've got a condition.